Are you prepared to navigate today's bond markets for your clients? With decades of experience, MFS has helped advisors uncover fixed income investment opportunities through volatile markets. Learn more at MFS.com. Previously on The Walking Dead. It's Jadis. Whatever this is, I can't do it. I have to tell Rick. <clears throat> kind of looks like an arrow. Hit him. You really think I did it? Took out Justin with that thing. Killed my husband. That's good for you leading this place. With you. You're not saving the world, Rick. You're just getting it ready for me. It's time to see naked. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Indie Radio presents Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. The show that breaks down all new episodes of your favorite zombie TV show right here on IndieRadio.org. And now, here are the hosts of the podcast, Kente, Jen, and Olaf. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be here with you tonight on this episode 104 of the podcast, Talking About Walkers, Walking Dead podcast. And we have a very good one for you. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce my co-hosts. It's the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing awesome. I have to say I'm a little bit depressed. Right after The Walking Dead, they previewed next week's episode as the last episode with Rick. Boy, that was depressing. Yeah, yes. It's going to be over for Rick. Hmm, We're going to talk about that tonight. All right. Also joining us all the way from Atlanta, as we call it the scene of the crime, it's the one and only Olaf Barbosa. How you doing, Olaf? Hey, I am doing fantastic, guys. Uh, you know, like I said, right here in the uh, in the uh, in Atlanta, the scene of the crime, and you know it's nighttime, so you have to put on your glasses so you can see where you're going. It's like you can, and then you know warn people when I'm coming through. Got <laughs> <laughs> to warn everybody that you're coming in and then uh, give you a here's a here's a look at the uh, the Atlanta skyline here. That's like that's something you don't see too often unless you're in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, don't jump working, though. Uh, well, no, it's only 12 stories. I figure I could bounce and come back <laughs> up. And, you know, get back up. We have uh, Olympic Park here and let's see. We go over right Where's my finger at? There it is. We go over here. That's the uh, Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta. So really good and exciting stuff going on down here. It's it's been a really good, really good event. Uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, got to see a lot of old friends and new friends. And it's been a really good time. It's like at Walker Stalker Con this this weekend. All right, man. I'm I'm. 
we're all a little jealous of you you over there <laughs> kicking it yeah, right? at the walker stalker um we are so i'm on your facebook i'm doing a little uh facebook stalking you mm-hmm. and i see you have some pictures up uh uh what's this one zombie darth vader or what? uh let's see my my uh my very talented uh, assistant took that that's uh the, the, the lovely tamara mm-hmm. uh that is uh i think it's uh american wolf i think it's one of the american werewolf movies oh we know who that is yeah that's uh the crypt keeper that is the Crypt Keeper. Wow. Yeah, and then let's see what else we have. Here. Yeah, more of the more of the zombie mask and stuff. Oh, Groot, right? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay. All right. So let's see. We do a little more <coughs> Facebook stocking you. Uh, we have a helicopter. Uh, yeah. Actually, Saturday morning we uh, heard this thing sound like a jet airplane coming in. <clears throat> and coming in really low, uh, look out, and there's this one of these heavy lift uh, helicopters going in, uh, coming in, and on the building to my right, uh, I guess I put a new sign on the building. It's probably about a thirty or forty story building, so this helicopter would pick up the platform or whatever they would have had from the street, lift it up hold it in place there was workers up there that would bolt it on and then started welding it and they put 15 of those 15 of those things up there <laughs> wow so i've never actually seen uh, you know one of these lift uh, helicopter you know one of the lifting helicopters come in and actually do do something other than on facebook or on uh, youtube or, or like on a tv show or something so that was that was interesting so that's Front row seat. But that's not the helicopter? That's not the helicopter from Walking Dead, now. Oh, darn. I thought it was coming to take you to what's next. Yeah, yeah. that's that. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? We have uh, that. Um, oh, my God. That is the uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, thank you. And uh, it's like that is a uh, furry. She's <laughs> the Rick Grimes furry, and look at you in there fighting with the furry. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to see. see uh, Ghost Rider is trying to drag <laughs> off the furry, and I'm trying to help the furry survive. And that's that's kind of the an Rick out- Grimes. Yeah, Rick Grimes furry. That's a kind that's of awesome. That's kind of an out of shape uh, Ghost Rider there. <laughs> no, no offense there. It's like Ghost Rider. It's like uh, we had Glenn was trying to help me out. Ghost Rider got a hold of me and was trying to pull me off my uh my scooter <coughs> hilarious uh who's this <laughs> some of these are great uh that would be ghost rider and i believe that young lady actually uh was one of the actresses that were was at uh, hilltop oh okay yeah it's kind of cute and that would be me or <laughs> ghost rider is uh, choking me out <laughs> Tam didn't uh, didn't help you from uh... no, <laughs> no, you you got yourself into it. You can get out of it. That's, that's our buddy, true love Luke. for you. Yeah, that's our, that's our buddy uh, Lou Temple. I was telling you about him um, getting shot in the head. Uh, remember, I was trying to tell you who that guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about you, Jen. 
Remember? I oh, was, oh, that's the guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is that's Lou Temple. He's a uh, he. he uh, I met Lou, you know, a couple three years ago. Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we took a picture together. There's some other should be some other pictures. And who's a, who's a pretty girl in the picture? Uh, that would be that would be my <laughs> lovely talent, talented assistant Tamara. Uh-huh. And there's uh, that's uh, Lou said that's the uh, sharp dressed men. <clears throat> Look at you guys. Ah, look at him. <laughs> and this is Lou. This is, he calls this the prom picture. So Lou was like, oh, he's making his moves on my assistant. And, you know, of course, I've got I to gotta stand up and protect my assistant. Look at Olaf. Look like he's about to whip <laughs> his ass. <laughs> now, that, uh, so I guess my buddy Chris, uh, Chris Smith, it's like, uh, uh, he, uh, he was, he's the one that was playing uh, Ghost Ranger. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, I like the one I insulted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's yeah, not. Uh, one you was making fun of, yeah. Yeah, hopefully he's not uh, listening tonight. <laughs> oh, I love this guy, Garrett uh, yeah. Dillahunt. He's Garrett, a great yes, actor Garrett. from Fear right, now, right? He was right next to uh, Jenna Elfman. You know, he was one of the people they wanted to be um, uh, Negan. Yeah. Yeah. He missed out on it. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, my oh, girl, yeah, Jenna Elfman. Yeah, there you go. There she is. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, good. She, talk about, she is such a sweetheart. Just really super nice, down to earth. She seems like just, you. Just a real sweet, sweet lady to talk to. Yeah. Aw. Yeah, I like her. She's in fear? I didn't even know that. Yeah, she's in, she started out in fear. Oh, that's uh, Tyrese. Hilarious with the baby. We have Negan beating up Tyrese. That's sad. He got the baby with him. Ain't that? Yeah, no, he's got the baby. <laughs> oh, God. But now, that's see, heartbreaking. Now, see, I stepped in. And I'm trying to keep them two from fighting. See, I stepped in to try to keep them from fighting. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> and there's, of course, Daryl being, being a smart ass. So, but, you know, and then uh, Daryl being Daryl. Of course, I have to get in and join him a little bit, help him out a little. Carol with the cookies. Yeah, Carol, she had some really good cookies. <laughs> Gotta watch out for that one and her cookies. Oh, God, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, let's, let's see what else we got here. We have, you got a, who's that young lady? Is that, can I um, that is uh, Healing oh, Pulse. Oh, they have... Uh, uh, rescue dogs, and they train them to uh, work with uh, veterans and stuff. Aww. That that's Michonne. Her that dog's name is Michonne. And, oh, that's so sweet. And Michonne was giving me kisses, and the the lady sitting there next to her, uh, to her left, she goes like, "Wow." She doesn't do that. <laughs> I was like, but all dogs love Santa. <laughs> hey, they don't know. You, you're good with the animals there. All right. And what's this? Uh, a costume party? Uh, it's like that. Yeah, that was the after party uh, Friday night. Or no, Saturday night. Look like that a, after party. Uh, eyes wide shut type party. And that's, uh, that's Tamara sporting, oh her, sporting her fancy little dress. Yeah, looking, okay. looking all special. That's inside the after party. Yeah. Wow, that looks like fun. I know. Right? Now, okay, now this this lady right here, that is Michelle 
my God, I slaughtered her last name. Hems- uh, Hem- Hemsley. Hemsley. Yeah, uh, Hem- Hemsley. Hem- mm-hmm. She is a hero walker, so she's one of the ones that's been. She's been on. She's one of the walkers that's been on several, several episodes and been like. She's one of the ones that gets up close to the actors, like you know, uh, Carl or whoever else, you know, uh, Chandler. So she's what's termed a hero walker. Oh, okay. Because you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a she's a friend of friend of mine. So, all right, real real sweet lady. Oh, who's that? Wow. Uh, like I'm her. not sure, but when I saw the legs and the outfit, I just had to have a picture. I want one. There's a lot. There's a lot of legs <laughs> there, buddy. Let me tell you. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind getting <laughs> a picture with her. Okay, this guy. <laughs> And let's see. Okay, that's uh, Charmaine in the middle. Uh, that would be Cat uh, on the other side, and then the skeleton guy on the other side. Skeletor. Oh, Now look, see. Now this girl was. There was two of them. She's on stilts. This is in the after party. She's on stilts, and they were dancing, and. Uh, so of course I had to get my picture with her. <laughs> While they were dancing on stilts. Yes, yeah. and this this gal here was dancing on stilts, and yeah, she was she was busting some moves. Let me tell you, she was really really that's like grooving, moving and grooving on them stilts. You take her back to your room. Listen, you, you may not make I, it. I've said this before, but I mean, I'm really impressed by people that can do that kind of stuff because I can trip over my own sock while I'm standing still. Yeah, but yeah, she's like walking around on like four foot, four foot painter stilts. That's insane. Uh, that would be Stan. Stan the man, huh? That's Stan the man with the uh, bullet in his head or rod in his head. There. <laughs> That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Uh, oh wow. Let's see. Uh, it and. Oh, okay. That's the hero walker. Oh, there goes. There's Michelle again. Yes. Oh. Uh, that's Nelson. He's part of the. It's like I was one of the vendors. They sold uh, different products for dogs, and uh, they used some. The money goes to help. Uh, I think help with rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nelson there was a rescue. A little sweetheart. A little too kind of kind of nervous, but it's a little sweetie. Yeah. Were those Walking Dead pumpkins? Yeah. Uh, no, they were different. Uh, he had like uh, uh, see Loki. I can't quite spi- see that. Loki, there's Spider-Man, there's Thor, Beetlejuice. These are uh, they are a polyurethane pumpkin that he carved out with a Dremel. Uh, wow. The guy, the guy standing there, he's the pumpkin geek or geek pumpkin. Can't remember. Um, that uh, he carves them out, uh, that so they never go bad. Uh, and he, and he'll do custom work. Uh, he can do custom work for you and stuff. Oh, that's impressive! Wow. But uh, geek, geek pumpkin, I think. And I was, well, uh, I'll get uh, I'll get Kente the the information. You know, he can put it up in the show notes somewhere. So if you want to contact him, because he'll do custom work for you. Hmm. Oh, look at this. That's from uh, Fear. She's from Fear the Walking Dead, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's uh, Denia Garcia. Another just sweetheart. You know, we talked for a little while. Yeah, very, very pretty young lady. 
Yeah. Yeah, another denier, but spelled differently. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, how was the crowd this year? Uh, crowd was good. Um, I, guess, like, I think it's a little bit – I think the crowd was a little down. Uh, I, you know, I don't – I haven't heard any attendance numbers yet of what they – actually what the attendance was. Generally, this this particular convention, since it's the big one for Walker Stalker, it's a three-day three day convention, and uh, they have a lot of the uh, Walking Dead, uh, you know, people here. Uh, generally, it, it rivals Dragon Con in attendance in like seventy to eighty thousand, and I don't know if there was that many this year. I think attendance was down a little bit, or it could have been the way they had the, the rooms laid out. It just it looked like there was there was some there was extra room. It wasn't like uh, packed up solid, and, you know, like standing on top of each other. So um, I haven't heard any attendance numbers yet, but. Uh, but the uh, crowd was good. Uh, vendors did pretty good, and everybody, you know, nobody, no issues or no problems. You know, no major problems. There's no, you know, no idiots or anything. All so, right. It was good. Nice, awesome. festive. Uh, it seemed like everybody was in good spirits. And uh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a uh, nice, festive. It seems like everybody yes. was in good spirits as well. Yep. It's like a lot of interesting things, uh, a lot of interesting people. It was a good, good time, good, good thing, all, good, good show all around. Now, wh- what about the two, wa- the Walker Stalker creators? Uh, were they there? Uh, well, no, there's Eric actually. Eric actually retired from Walker Stalker two years ago. Right, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember Eric took a he he he, he stepped down to um, uh, pursue his other business and, uh, you know, family stuff and everything. And I, I, did, uh, I did get the chance to run into James. Uh, he was there with his wife and kids and talked to him for a little bit, and he's doing good. Uh, you know, he's doing great and, and uh, uh, just, you know, moving and grooving, getting ready for the cruise and stuff, so... They got the you know they got the cruise coming up in January and I think what's let's see what is the next one they got Portland I think is the next Walker Stalker wow oh wow uh, I forget they it's like do you do 15, 15 or I think it's fifteen or eighteen a, a year um, or so they were kind of they did have more than that, that they were doing they kind of tailored them to they combined the heroes and villains convention with the Walker Stalker convention uh, which is really actually a cool thing for the for an attendee uh, you have like the what is it I think it's a DC comics or I don't know I get lost in that who it is uh, uh, the comics but they have like you know Marvel or DC or some of those uh, the heroes and villains and then you have the Walking Dead people and some of the Arrow and uh, things like that so if you buy a ticket to Walker Stalker, you go in the Walker Stalker side, see the Walking Dead people and that, uh, then the vendors is what actually separates the uh, Walker Stalker, uh, the Walking Dead from the heroes and villains. So if you buy a ticket to heroes and villains, 
you can go in, go through and see those people, walk through the vendors, check them out, and then go over to the Walking Dead side. And vice wow. versa, you go from go into the Walking Dead side, check them out, go through and check out the vendors, walk over to the Heroes and Villains side. So you could actually get two conventions for the price of one. Wow, man. This, this thing has truly grown, and it's oh, really, yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, the first one, it's like the first one, uh, first Walker Stalker Con was 12,000, or 12,000, mm-hmm. 2013, and it was in November, I believe, I think, I was here, I think it was, since November, and the very first one, they had 10,000 tickets, mm. and, sold, and sold out. Wow. And it's progressively grown. It's like when they, it's like their shows generally bring in um, anywhere from the uh, smaller smaller shows, like the two-day shows. They'll still bring in 16, 16, 15 to 20,000 people. And like I said, this one here in Atlanta is, a, is their big one. Uh, and it's 70 to 80,000. Uh, that's why it takes three days and I think part of what uh, attendance may be down a little bit this year and I think it's because Andrew Lincoln is not here this year right right <clears throat> no, he, he didn't he didn't come here this year and normally he's here so uh, you know Jeffrey D. Morgan and uh, Norman Reedus they still had their fans were still here but uh, you know Andrew Lincoln's, you know, there was people that bought their tickets and with the with the intention of, you know, seeing him, and then, oops, he's not going to be here. <laughs> right. So I think that kind of that might have dropped attendance a little bit, but you know. Yeah, I, I can see why that would be. Well, that, that's really cool, and I'm glad that you're having a great time. And uh, or you had a great time. You're about to leave right tomorrow. Uh, no, tomorrow I'm going to head into Sonoya. Uh, I'll go, I say go to Sonoya and check out uh, uh, Nick and Norm's and have probably have lunch there. At a really great, really great restaurant. Uh, go into the Woodbury store and uh, check them out, see what they've got, uh, see what's going on with Alexandria because it's done in, say, it's, you know, that, that set is in Sonoya. So I'll go check out the uh, the wall the uh, walls of uh, Andrea or Alexandria and uh, see what's going on there. So there'll be some stuff on there'll be stuff on the Facebook you know tomorrow. Well, if you can I, get some video too, that'd be cool. It's like video. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd probably do some video. Yeah, that'd be There's, cool. It's like if you get if you get looking on my Facebook play, on on my Facebook, I think there is some video of that helicopter, which is kind of cool. All right. Uh, so, but the uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's like I'll I'll tell I'll tell uh, Tam to uh, do some video on. She she's usually the one. She ha- she's what handles the pictures when we're when we're, when, uh, when we're out. So. And takes care. She takes care of doing the. She takes care of doing the pictures and the posting and all that stuff when, when we're. Uh, it's like when we're at the uh, conventions. And yes, I'm talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let, let's get into the, this episode tonight. 
uh, the name of the episode. Well, this is episode four of season nine called uh, the the. Um, oh my god, I lost where it was. Uh, it was called the Obliged. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had it right up there and I forgot it. All right, so um, let's let's talk about this episode. Uh, I have a um, I have a um, a clip. And then let's play the clip and then we'll talk about it. strike ends today. Oh, I'm not on strike. Then what is this? This is me not in the mood to eat now, but it's nice to know that you care. We're keeping you alive, and the living eat. So eat, Megan. It's a nice day. I'll be back in an hour. I want that gone. Is that all you got? I got better things to do. You want me to eat? Well, I want you to stay and talk to me. I mean, I, I'm proof that you're making civilization, right? I mean, that's what your boyfriend said, so... Hard to be that if I'm dead from starvation. Thought you said you weren't on strike. I'm not if you stay and talk to me. I'd say it's about 20 minutes before the sun hits that bar. That's all you get. Then you're going to eat every last bite. You want to talk? Let's talk. All right. So that is uh, Rick and uh michonne and they are i'm sorry rick that is um <laughs> that is uh um that's that's negan that's negan negan. <laughs> that's not negan and michonne um and they are uh going at it with each other so uh i'm gonna start off with you jen uh what do you think that scene's all about why do you think negan is you know taking this approach <clears throat> well okay so I, I think this is multi-pronged. One, when you look at the preview that was given to us for this week's episode, what you saw was a throwback to a couple of episodes ago where Negan said, you're not, uh, you're just getting the world ready for me. And it seems to me that this sort of showdown between Negan and Michonne has something to do with that piece. I have to say, you know, that exchange was really interesting because of the of the of all the characters on The Walking Dead, the ones with the most emotional fortitude, I think, are honestly Negan and Michonne. They are so evenly matched in terms of their temperament, and and I don't mean like what the explosiveness of what they can do, or I mean the actual sort of. Uh, 
how they approach things. There's something so fortifying about the way that Michonne approaches things in the same way that there is Negan. But I don't think you can talk about this clip without also talking about what Michonne is doing night after night after night, which is waking up and going out to kill walkers. Because specifically, Negan mentions the fact that she's basically wasting away by not being a warrior. And it sort of speaks to this idea that Negan obviously doesn't really know what's going on, but I think it does kind of speak to maybe something that's bothering Michonne too, which is she's really not using what she considers to be her talents. So she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's out there killing walkers, right? Does that, do, do you guys see that too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, I guess it's, uh, in other words, that's her stress relief from doing, trying to do all this other stuff and run, run things. Uh, she's got to have something to, you know, work off some of the anger and frustration and stuff. So. Well, it, it, is it her stress relief or is it, or is this Michonne sort of, uh, doing what Michonne does? I mean, Michonne is a kick, kick warrior. She is. I mean, there's right. no way around that. And so when she is studying law, when she is uh, creating sort of new systems for Alexandria, for everybody, when she is taking care of Judith, when she is feeding Negan, all of those things are not what I think what Negan is trying to say to Michonne, which is, look at your core, you're a warrior. Just like at my core, I'm somebody else than you see in front of you. Like, I feel like there was that dynamic uh parallel going on they were trying to showcase the parallel going on and negan i think in some ways i think michonne was right negan was really thinking or is still thinking that michonne is his last best hope why why is that i mean i've got a number of different theories but i I think in a single or two episodes to come we will know why that is Mm. That, that personally that's what I mean. well i mean i think it's what you laid out there i mean he sees themselves sees them as uh as um i don't say equals but more or less cut from the a similar cloth maybe not the same cloth and maybe he feels like he could speak to her because on some level she understands him yeah like like he is wasted where he is and she is wasted where she is and but Negan's interesting approach always is to try to bring up something. I mean, it's an extremely psychologically uh, uh, hurtful way of dealing with stuff, but trying to bring something up that brings up someone else's pain in order to sort of throw them off balance. And what's interesting about Michonne is it momentarily does, but then it goes right back to fortifying and stealing her position when she says, you know what, I live for the living. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was really super powerful. That was like, was one of those moments where I actually think that Michonne won that battle. I mean, if we had to sort of had like the debate kind of scale, Negan didn't win that battle. Michonne did. Yeah. You know what it kind of felt like? A little Hannibal Lecter-ish, you know, in a way, Very, you know, like yes. Clarice, you know, um, it, 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 it had that kind of motif to it. Like, but Michonne is no Clarice Starling. Let's just say that. Right well, now. no, not at, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, she, she's not. But I mean, 
But uh, but you know, let's not sell Clarice short. I know this is not a Hannibal Lecter podcast, <laughs> but uh, or a Silence of the Lamb podcast. But Clarice, you know, she was a good character in her own. In the end, she did prevail. But that's uh, true. But um, uh, but I like that. You know that he's locked in a cage. Like when I when I compared it to Hannibal uh, Hannibal Lecter, is he's locked in a cage, but he's still manipulating or attempting to manipulate his captors. You know? Yeah, he's trying. And and just just the amount of food that he ate, he ate just enough food. He took like two bites or whatever, just enough to show basically that, yes, he has to make a concession, but he didn't eat it all. And it it to me, that really feels like, see, he's not done. He has not given up his position. He did not completely let Michonne win the fight. Right. Now, I want to play this next clip, and this is uh, this is um, Rick and Darrow after they had fallen into the the um, the hole. And I, I want to have a discussion on this. So um, I'm about to play this clip and then we're going to talk about it. So here we go. Those roots. They're the only way we're getting out. Not too high up, though. God damn it. Set that up too? And you really laying this on me? You're the one that had to go chasing after her. Couldn't just let things be, huh? You know what keeping Negan alive means to us. Uh, I know what seeing him dead means to her. Daryl, I get why she can't accept it. I do. Yeah. Her never coming to Alexandria, her hanging Gregory the way she did, I know. I'm not blind. You sure as hell been acting like it. I mean, your ass wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for Glenn. You wouldn't have found Lori. You wouldn't have found Carl. And you sure as wouldn't have found any of us. He did that. Or did you forget? Of course not. I think about it every damn day. And Maggie, I hate what I did to her, what I took from her, but it's what I had to do. She's doing what she has to do. What, you're okay with that? Why the hell wouldn't I be? spared Dwight after Denise, after what he did to you. You mean locking me in a damn closet? Parading me around so I couldn't say nothing? Man, you got that guy sitting in a cell like a damn symbol. To all them assholes who can't wait to see things go back to the way that they were. Keeping him alive is how we make sure it won't! No. Keeping him alive is giving him hope that it will. Michelle talk to her. She came to camp. She was coming around. Yeah, well, she was trying. The truth is, she just couldn't live with it. Just like Oceanside. Oceanside? You're saying Oceanside killed those saviors? Hurrah. I'm saying they got what they deserved. You knew, and you didn't say anything. The truth is... I couldn't live with it either. If this doesn't work, if she kills Negan, he becomes a martyr. The war was for nothing. Every person who died, died for nothing. Carl. Carl died for nothing. What about the rest of us? You don't think after all the shit we've been through, we couldn't handle it? Asking us to have faith in all these other people. 
truth is you don't have enough faith in us. You know that's that's not true. I'd die for you. And I would have died for Carl. You know that. Chasing something for him that ain't meant to be, man. You just gotta let him go. Let him go. I never, I never asked anyone to follow me. I know. Good stuff. Very powerful stuff. Um, so much to unpack with that. Um, there's so many uh, ways to go with after that clip. First of all, I want to commend, of course, Andrew Lincoln. He's a fantastic actor and, you know, he's always rock solid and everything. But, you know, I, I've criticized Norman Reedus and his acting prowess at times. But I, I really think in that scene, he, he really shined. I, I thought he gave a very good performance. And uh, them playing off of each other was very, very good. Uh, so kudos to Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln in that scene. But um, there's so, like I said, there's so much to talk about with that scene. Um, I think... I'm going to go probably a different way with this than you might expect. Um, we know that Rick is going to um, not be on the show anymore. Right. And the word is that Norman Reedus or Daryl will become the, the main focus of the show. Um, in that scene, we see a contrast of ideology between the two characters. We have Rick's way. Daryl and Maggie's way, but we'll, we'll focus on Daryl. Um, I'll start with you, Jen, once again. Um, like seeing that scene with Daryl's character and and the decisions he's made in this season and his ideology when it comes to handling these things and where he's at in his emotional state. Does that make you feel better about the idea of him being the leader going forward? Um you know, obviously they can pull something where Rick's death might make him change. But if let's say he stays the same based on what we've seen in this season, how do you feel with the way that his character is written um, him going forward as the leader of the group? I, I got to tell you, I don't see a whole lot of daylight between other than all out sadism. I don't see a lot of daylight between the Negan way and the Daryl and, and well, we're focusing on Daryl, but Daryl Maggie way. I, I don't see a whole lot of daylight in between them. The, if, if all they focus on is these touchstone pivot points that, that specifically are all about uh, justice in, in a way that is internalized in, in sort of the, the vigil. No, the vigilante isn't, that seems a little bit too strong <clears throat> in, this, in this kind of uh, hyper- justice uh, method where they're basically going to decide who gets punished and who doesn't simply because they are the ones who are at the top and make those choices. 
that's a problem, which is one of the reasons that I think it is so important that we continue to focus also on Michonne at the same time. Um, but in terms of how The Walking Dead walks forward with Daryl, uh, it, it, that's going to be a bumpy road unless Daryl makes some other changes. Because I have to say, uh, you know, I, w I probably will never not watch The Walking Dead as long as it's on. I'll watch. But I would be very disappointed if what we are left with is simply Daryl in his present state taking on the quote-unquote reins after Rick. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that would just feel really, especially based on what I just heard in the pit, it, it feels very much like what he is saying is everything always comes back to what was done in the past. Like he is still, he and Maggie both, but he is still living in the past. He is not living in the present. And I, I just, I feel like the walking dead has got to, they've got to as a group begin to focus on what needs to be done, not what has been done in the past. It, because if all they're ever going to do is try to right past wrongs, they're going to spend all of their time doing that. And then at the end, what will they have? I mean, I'm reminded of that story about the ant and the grasshopper, but a really dark version of the ant and the grasshopper where the grasshopper is just running around stomping on all the ants and going, okay, vengeance is mine, vengeance is mine. And then the winter comes and there's nothing for the winter. Well, I mean, there's something really dark and dangerous, I think, about going down this path with Daryl. So that's, that's how I feel about it. Hmm. Let me ask you this, Olaf. Can you can you be a leader and lead from a, a perspective of wanting revenge to enemies that affected you in the past? Um, is that is that a leadership style that can be successful? Well, no, because you're focused on the revenge and you overlook a lot of things because uh, you'll rush. It's like you'll rush in to do something because you want that revenge. So that is not a good model to use for uh, leadership. You're, it, it, it'll fail. Uh, it fail in the end. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, Something I, I agree. Something needs to happen where Daryl becomes a unifier. <clears throat> because if Daryl's not a unifier, then who does he really have behind him? Other than Maggie's group, who does he actually but, have behind him? Well, see, so he's never really had anybody behind him. He's kind of like been the right hand man. He's been the he's been the 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 doer, not the leader. In other words, he's not been he's not been in a position that he was making the decisions as far as let's do this or let's do this and this is going to help us and all that. He's not had that position. He's had input here and there for it, but actually being the one that makes the decisions he's not you, one. you know I, I was just struck by one other thought though and and maybe this is actually uh, a good thought because I hadn't until just now put it sort of in this perspective but maybe what the walking dead really needs is to go back on the quote-unquote road right where remember how strong the walking dead was when it was simply a unit of people who overcame challenges who you know had others kind of come in and, and out of the group but it was the group that was sort of a central core we have now sort of satellite out to 
uh, well beyond what that original group was. And maybe in some ways, maybe if it is a small group that picks up that rallying cry with Derek, then maybe that's something good. Maybe that is something that could teach him how to be a better leader. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't see where the crossroad might be. Um, but at this point, I actually think Morgan would be a better leader than Daryl, and that's a little concerning to me. Well, but because Daryl's never been in the leader position, he's never been, never done anything to be in the leader position. That's so true. That's very true. He doesn't, he wouldn't make a good leader uh, to start with. He could be, he could develop into one. But yeah, he but he doesn't have he doesn't I'm sorry he just doesn't have what it takes because he's not had the preparation to be the leader. He's always been the go-to guy when you had a problem. Hey, we need to fix this. Go out there and take care of that. You know, he didn't make the decisions to go do that. He went and did the work. So he's kind of the he's kind of the grunt, if you want to call it. I mean, let's see, he's the right hand man. He makes sure the things get done. But he's not the one that comes up with the idea to get it done, like fixing the bridge. Okay, he could probably come up with the idea to fix the bridge. Like we need to fix the bridge, and probably figure out how to, you know, the best way to, to fix it or whatever. But his skills are limited as what he can do, and his leadership is not one of them. Yeah, I, I think didn't we refer to Daryl at one point as kind of like the Swiss army knife of the Alexandria team. Like, you know, when you need a tool to get something done, you call on Daryl. And this is in no way a reflection of Norman Reedus's ability to portray a leader because oddly, I think that that capacity may actually sort of be in there. It's, but I do think that it's gonna take some writing finesse in order to elevate the character to a position where that would become a plausible reality. Because at the moment, I think you're absolutely right, Olaf. He is much more of a, of a, of a tool, of a, a grunt in, in sort of the frontline action against everything. And the, the other thing that also strikes me that, that you also said is the, the, the Daryl, right now the Daryl storyline sort of puts him at odds mostly with Rick, right? So if it puts him at odds with Rick, <clears throat> what happens from here on out feels like it should continue to be confrontational. And so maybe he needs a big bad like Negan, who could be diminished and easy enough, or not easy enough, but easier to somehow vanquish. Maybe he needs another big bad in order to be sort of in the position to counteract what we already know about him, like to give him a platform to shine. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think that he definitely needs some kind of catalyst for to change his, uh, his outlook. But his character in the direction it's gone, uh, that it's been going and has gone where he's at now, Say there was some some catalyst to you know make him uh, to flip the switch and become a leader. It, it doesn't it doesn't happen that way. You, you can't. It, it's his character the way it's written. It would take a whole lot more than finesse 
sports. Now, this is my opinion. It would take a whole lot more than a finesse to get him to become the leader. He's, it's just not. Yeah. In his, it's just not in his character makeup. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, nothing, nothing bad about. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about him, his acting skills or anything like that. It's the character. You, just like in any any situation, any company or any business, you have people that are, you know, you have people that are really good at doing, you know, certain things, and as long as they're doing that thing, everything works fine. When they start to try to do stuff and that's not in their comfort zone or not what they're trained to do, you know, it just everything starts falling apart. And you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, Daryl's just not been in charge of anything enough. Even as a foreman, you know, he's not really been a, a, a even a foreman position or any kind of like thing like that to give him what he needs to be a leader of a group that size. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm very curious about how they will handle this going forward, especially if especially if the the current structure of having a quote-unquote leader is somehow the methodology for going forward and you know it really may not be <laughs> i i wonder it really may not be it really may be that michonne has has found a way to unite the groups by bringing in some kind of i don't know what it is yet uh, a different system, some kind of democracy, some kind of something. I don't know. But whatever that is, that may be sort of the bridge that we need between Daryl and the rest of the communities. Because at that point, then, he doesn't have to be a really strong leader. He can kind of do on-the-job training. Well, you know, everybody can't be Kente, you know, and just be a great leader. Some people, you know... <laughs> Some people struggle at it And you know I think your boy Rick I mean sorry your boy uh, uh, Daryl That's so funny uh, Your boy Daryl I don't know man We're going to have to I'm going to have to see that to believe it You know um, you, It's like you're, you're a whole lot more positive That he can do it than I am Right Because like, it just it's not in his Character makeup And you, I'm, you can't I, I mean I understand what you, you're saying But it's just not in his character's makeup. He was like the little brother, and he followed everybody. He's a follower, not a leader. Yeah. And like I said, it's not anything against his. It's not anything about his acting skills or anything. That that part of it, his portrayal of Daryl, has been you know phenomenal. It's been great. But the actual character is a follower, not a leader. And the leader and the followers. So Never, it's like you know, if you ain't the, if you are if you are the lead dog, the the view never changes. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to make the recommendation to anyone who is writing for The Walking Dead that uh, <laughs> they elect Michonne as president of the post-apocalyptic zombie land and uh, let her lead because I think that it's high time that we had a woman leader who is as strong and kicking as Michonne is. We ain't gonna let no chick run the things. No, only men will lead. 
Yeah. <laughs> you and I can meet later with katanas and work this out. No, no what's that, uh, Al Bundy? No, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, it'll be interesting to see, though, who, I mean, it, from what I read was his character will be the focus of the show. So I don't, I mean, I'm assuming that means he's the, uh, the leader, you know? And I mean, it makes sense. He's probably, he's the second most popular character, but like you, like Olaf eloquently said, boy, ain't no leader. <laughs> so he hasn't showed it yeah. to us yet, but that was, a, I have to say though, I'm, I'm, I've been a lot, me and uh, Yardley been a lot more harder about his acting in, in it, but in, uh, I'm not to say he's a terrible actor, but at times, I, you know, he doesn't have the gravitas. But you know what? In that scene, he was really good. I got to give it to him. He, he well, really... they, you know, to, to be fair, though, they don't really give him a whole lot of role. Uh, they don't give him a lot of script. to. Yeah. So right. it's not like he has a lot of opportunity because <clears throat> his scenes with uh, especially his ending scenes with his brother mm-hmm. were intense. Uh, they were really intense, but uh, yeah. but you're right. I mean, there's no way to sort of fix how many seasons we've had without him being somebody who is charismatic and who can sort of lead a group and all of a sudden make the focus about him unless somehow you turn him into something other than what he is. And I, I don't know how that works. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Hmm. Uh, before we, but I'm still going to print bumper stickers that say Michonne for <laughs> post-apocalyptic president. I'm I'm just going to do it. Okay, if, if we want a uh, if we want a group that is going to succeed, we don't need a no chick being the leader. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be like, girl, sit down. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. okay. Oh, Put your katana down. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> be like, wait a minute. I'm just kidding. Don't, 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 don't kill me. Uh, I don't want to end up like uh, Gregory, but um, no. But uh, seriously though, uh, um, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting. So, um, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about. Um, we could f- talk about you know the sanctuary and finding out about realizing about oceanside we can talk about um you know uh what happened with um with uh father uh gabriel Gabriel. and all of that but you know what you know what i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it you know he got his letter i'll do it real quick he got a letter it said some stuff blah blah and they pulled a gun on Carol and, you know, whatever. Took some keys. Let's get to the thing that people care about. We've been bullshitting the whole episode. My fault. Let's talk about the thing that everybody cares about with this episode. Let's focus on that. Rick. Uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, who has been this awesome character, great character. Everybody loves him. Gets uh, kicked off of a horse and basically impaled by some rebar. And uh, that looks like that's going to be the death of him in some form or fashion. And when I saw that, I was like, really? Like, I was like, okay, that's how he's going out, huh? I mean, 
okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I didn't know what else to say. Like, uh, okay. Uh, I was like, this is this is this that, how it ends for Rick. That's that's how I felt about Justin. So feel my pain. Yeah, I mean, but Rick is a good character. But <laughs> this is how he's going out. This is it. This is how we're. This is how we're going out. No, it's true. Uh, it's true. It felt very anticlimactic in some ways. If I hadn't seen the previews for next week, I would have felt like, "Wow, is there even is, a point in watching next week?" This is this is it. I'm I'm zooming in. This is how he's going out. Like, I mean, apparently, either he's dreaming about being on the horse and riding around, or you know, in the in the next on, or you know, I mean. This is it, huh? This this is the the glorious way that he goes out. Um, let me, you know, this is this is it right here. This is what we're we're, we're going with. You know, these guys are gonna come and get him, but somehow it looks like they're gonna pull a, a Glenn. Possibly, he gets out of this this madness, and then he ends up on a horse, I guess, bleeding. Unless he's dreaming that's, or something. That's what it looks. Yeah, I, I can't tell what is going on you know uh, look i i really hope that they do not do the whole dream thing again because that was miserable every time that they've done it just don't do that where he's like having some kind of dream like his life is flashing forward instead of when you know how you see your life in reverse like you you have like the the at the end of your life you see everything that you've done and stuff and instead of that you have a flash forward where you like imagine all the things that could be i really hope that that's not the plot mechanism that they're using because that i would not like that yeah that is that's what we're like, going with huh? like at some point the walking dead has got to stop being contrived right i mean i, guess, I mean i guess i <laughs> i can just say it because because i just want to rant about it right they can do whatever the heck they're going to do but i mean at some point it does feel like look stop with the stupid plot trick just tell us a story forget all of the goofiness and all the you know oh but was it really or ooh, could be this little mystery like you know what just tell the story it's, so, it's like it's trying to be breaking bad stupid. it's like it's trying to be breaking bad or lost <laughs> or something <laughs> right like and we don't need that we no, don't need that it's scary enough in this world no you know i don't know i mean i don't know how to feel about how that ends um um but I mean, you know, we'll, I mean, I guess we can't really talk up, speak on it until, until, uh, it happens. it happens, but yeah, we'll see. Um, um, I, I will be very curious as to what happens with the ratings after next week's episode. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a lot of people who are holding on to the end for Rick? Um, and then, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, once Rick is gone, I don't really want to watch the show anymore. It's not about not wanting to watch The Walking Dead. It's about the whole identity of the show is Rick. And I kind of understand that. I do. They they set that up. I really do. I can they've said that about Daryl, though, I bet. About Norman. It was like if Daryl dies, But I don't think that Daryl has as much of a... As much of a I mean, I feel like I feel like Daryl has a vocal fan base and uh, some people can be very vocal. But I but I get the sense that Andrew Lincoln is sort of the heart of the show. So while you can 
sort of screw up a little bit with some of the good looks of the show, taking the heart of the show is going to be harder to come back from. And I don't, once again, you know, I'm willing to entertain hopeful optimism here, but it's, it'll, it's going to be a hard road for them. It's going to be a hard road for the fans to come back from this. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what else to say. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, Daryl did make a, a really interesting point at the end where he told Rick, you know, look, lead them over the bridge. Because if you lead them over the bridge, the bridge won't hold. And we went through great pains with Eugene saying there just isn't anything else that we can do. The structure is, you know, it's not stable enough and all that. It does seem to me that that the bridge <clears throat> is sort of a, a, a symbolic point that once the bridge is gone, if the bridge does indeed fall, that that really is the end of Rick. That in other words, like, that the bridge is the symbol of the communities being all together under Rick. And if the bridge, if the bridge goes, even if it is in service of getting rid of all of those walkers, it also signals that that's the end of Rick. It's the bridge over the river. Why? It's the bridge over the river. Why? <laughs> now I yes. threw that in there because that's your favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> and, and thank you for shouting out to that because you're absolutely right. It is. Yes. All right. With all that said, we will see what happens next week. I'm sure we'll probably be playing Boys to Men. It's so hard to say goodbye. And uh, we will be uh, pouring out some liquor and all that good stuff. Well, Olaf, Olaf's like, I ain't pouring out my good liquor. <laughs> so I'll have tequila. So. Uh, okay. Uh, I have to get that cheap stuff uh, so I can pour it out for it. I'll, I'll, pour, I'll, pour, I'll pour a little big red for you. <laughs> oh, there you go. I feel like for the death of Rick Grimes, that we should do some Southern Comfort. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, well, that'd be better fitting. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with you, Jen. How can people get you in social media and all that good stuff? They can reach me uh, on Twitter at Following Bliss One, and you can reach me on the web at MoviesMakeTheMeal dot com and Critical Laughs with Two L's dot com. Two L's. All right. And what about you, Olaf? How can people get you in social media? Well, you can follow me both on Twitter and Facebook at Olaf Barbosa. But just don't stalk me too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter. Kente Ferguson. That's K-I-N-T-E-F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N on uh, Instagram and you can go get our website at IndieRadio.org that's I-N-D-Y Radio.org and uh, we'll be back tomorrow Indie Radio for an all new episode of Men and Women Talk the Mars Venus Show we'll be talking about alternative sex lifestyles so it's getting freaky on the show tomorrow night so uh, I think you guys will enjoy that um, also uh, this Tuesday night we will be doing the review of the upcoming episode of of um, uh, Talking uh, Mayans uh, MC. So and we'll be doing that a day earlier, uh, the night of the airing of the episode, because I think around what did we say around eight 
So, well, it comes on at 7 Pacific, so I guess we'll be like 8 or it depends on how long the episode is. It's an hour and a half, maybe like 30 minutes after the show go off. Uh, if you, you know, uh, we'll play it by ear. So whenever you're ready, we'll just go on air and do the thing. Sounds right? good. And, um, okay, so we already did um, our our spotlight. To, we did it this morning. So uh, because this Wednesday is Halloween, so we didn't want to compete with the Halloween holiday. And uh, I know that, you know, uh, Jen is going to be hitting the streets, trick-or-treating, and running amok. So I didn't want to um, try to ask her to, in between that, uh, do a podcast. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, watch out. I, you, you, it's going to be really scary. I'm going as a stressed-out mom. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I actually don't even have to dress up for that. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> all right. So with that, all that said, you guys have a great week. Have a great Halloween. And we will be here next Sunday for an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. You guys have a great weekend. I mean, uh, weekend is weekend's over a week. God bless. Hey, Southern California, are you aware that you have rate options that could help you save? Whether you like to conserve energy, save money, or the environment, you have options. You can learn everything you need to know about time-of-use rates, solar rates, green rates, or electric vehicle rates at sce.com slash SoCalRates. Find out which rate is right for you, and together, we can create a clean energy future. Southern California Edison. Energy for what's ahead.